0: yo what is going on cover 7 family welcome back to yet again another recap episode that we have here on the cover 7 podcast and guys as you can read by the title and obviously pretty much the only football that we have had in today's episode we're going to be recapping the divisional round games from this past weekend and man There were some pretty darn good games. We kicked it off with Trevor Lawrence and the Jags going out to Arrowhead Stadium and taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Then on Saturday, we wrapped it up with the Giants, led by Danny Dimes, taking on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And then Sunday's games, which you could potentially call the best doubleheader of games we've had in a while, we had Buffalo taking on the Bengals, a game which was very good offensively. And then on Sunday night, we had an old rivalry renewed between the Cowboys and the 49ers. So, guys, before we get into all these games, like we always do, please make sure if you're enjoying the episodes, you've liked what you've been listening to, you like the social medias and everything like that, make sure you hit the notification bell so that you can stay up to date with anything and everything college football and NFL related, and most importantly, Cover 7 related. And also, guys, too, if you are feeling a little bit generous, Anchor.fm does have a subscription program, pretty much where you can pay 99 cents a month, 4.99 a month, or if you are feeling give it more generous, 9.99 a month, which just simply financially helps me better the podcast. And then eventually, at some point when we reach certain milestones, we'll be able to get exclusive episodes out to all the people subscribed. So, guys, it's not required, not expecting anything like that. Simply, y'all dropping a listen means the absolute world to me. So, without further ado, let's talk some football. So. To kick, it all, to kick it all off, you know we didn't have any Thursday or Monday games, but we did have a doubleheader on Saturday And the first game that we did have on Saturday, which in my opinion was a pretty interesting one. We had Trevor Lawrence and the Jags taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and well, Patrick Mahomes got a little banged up in this game, actually got his ankle, or his ankle got fell on by Arden Key, a defensive lineman for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it really looked like Patrick Mahomes was not going to be able to finish the game. I mean, he literally could not. He could barely even hand off the ball to Isaiah Pacheco or Jarek McKinnon. I mean, it looked that rough. But later in the game, he comes back, and Patrick Mahomes looked really good. Him and Travis Kelsey were connecting the entire night. Travis Kelsey with 14 receptions. 14, yes. The 1 and 4 are together. He also had 98 yards receiving. You might as well bump it up to 100. I mean, he really was. De- he was definitely Patrick Mahomes' main scapegoat in this game, and also he had two receiving touchdowns in this game as well. Isaiah Pacheco, the seventh-round pick out of Rutgers, who continues to just show why the Chiefs simply. I mean, what they're able to do with talent and even a lot of underrated talent and a guy like Isaiah Pacheco is a perfect example of that. As Isaiah, he would have 12 carries for 95 yards in this game. I mean, this Kansas City Chiefs offense really was not the best it's been the entire year. They weren't bad by any means, but definitely we've seen better by the Chiefs, and obviously with Patrick Mahomes getting hobbled a little bit, the defense was going to have to step up majorly in this game, and to say that they did that would be a huge understatement as they held the Jaguars' run offense, which normally is super good. To only one hundred and forty four yards rushing, and to make it even better, they held Trevor Lawrence to only two hundred and seventeen yards passing and only one passing touchdown so huge you know ton of credit needs to be given to that defensive line with guys like um oh my gosh i can 't even talk chris Jones you've still got uh derek naughty you've got um uh, Oh my mind just keeps blanking. Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, you know, all those guys there, they were getting to Trevor Lawrence, providing a ton of pressure, and it showed in this game and even towards the end of the game as Trevor Lawrence would throw the pretty much game-ending interception to Jalen Watson. But regardless, for you know, considering the environment they were in, the circumstances they were playing in, I mean, you know, you're a you're a southern Florida team, you're going up to Kansas City, Missouri, you're playing in thirty-nine degree drizzling weather. Not really ideal weather, especially for a team like this, but they still didn't play, you know, really bad. Even on defense, I mean, hey, they held the Chiefs to only 27 points, which is not bad whatsoever. Doug Peterson, you know, his first season as a Jaguars coach was able to get them to the divisional rounds, something that they had not done since back in 2017. And Trevor Lawrence definitely had a rocky finish to this game, but when you look at the overall, you know, The overall game, he showcased, you know, a lot of just, you know, pure raw talent that under Doug Peterson, if developed right, could potentially put him as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He had an amazing touchdown pass to Christian Kirk, and that was really it in terms of offense for the Jags. Travis Etienne, he would get into the end zone as well, but really just, you know, with the opportunities they were given and everything like that, they just struggled to get into the end zone. And you could definitely give a lot of that credit to the crowd You know, at Arrowhead Stadium, one of the loudest in North America. I mean, I couldn't imagine having to play quarterback calling plays and everything like that. That would be an absolute pain to do. But Trevor Lawrence, he would finish his night going 24-39 for 217 yards passing with one touchdown and then that game-ending interception to Jalen Watson, which was an amazing one-handed interception. And, you know, for Jalen Watson, you know, a rookie cornerback who likely didn't think he was really going to see a lot of playing time. You know, the, the Chiefs, they drafted in the first round, um, McDuffie. I'm trying to remember his first name. Let me look real quick. Uh, Trent McDuffie. They drafted Trent McDuffie out of Washington, a guy who's expected, you know, be one of their starting outside corners. You know, dealt with injuries and everything like that. So Jalen, he comes in and, you know, having to guard a lot of top wide receivers, he's done pretty good this year, and he showed it and he showcased it in this game. You know, Christian Kirk only had 52 receiving yards. Zay Jones only had 83. Evan Ingram, which he's been going off these past few weeks. He only had 31, so overall, it was the Chiefs defense that really stepped up when it mattered the most and helped get this Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs team this playoff win to advance to the AFC championship game as the Chiefs at home were able to beat Trevor Lawrence and the Jags Twenty-seven to twenty as a Chiefs. They once again are now returning back to the AFC Championship game, and then for the Jags, despite you know losing in the second round, this was still a great season. Definitely a great building season, and I think you go out in free agency. You know you add a little bit. You know add some pieces, get some more guys on the offensive line, maybe get some linebacker depth and everything like that. This team is going to be no joke for a while, especially under Doug Peterson. So great season for the Jags, and then for the Chiefs, you're headed to the AFC Championship game. We're going to talk a little bit about who they're going to be playing next. But first, we've got to go to Saturday night's game, which was out in Philly, one of the best rivalries. You got New York, you got Philly, as we had the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the New York Giants up at Lincoln Financial Field. and man, what a game this was going to be. The Eagles coming off of the first round by, so they're fresh, you know, two weeks of rest, but for the Giants, last week you went into Minnesota, you upset the Vikings, a game in which Daniel, Daniel Jones was absolutely phenomenal, running the football, throwing the football, Saquon Barkley looked good, running the ball, the defense, the defensive line was getting to the quarterback, so the Giants had all the recipes, you know, to get an upset in this game, right? You know, this is a team that, if anything, was made to beat a beat a team like philadelphia and you know for the philadelphia eagles you simply just want to prove that you know you were worthy of that number one seed in the nfc and i mean man not only did the offense prove that they were worthy of being the number one seed the defense was absolutely phenomenal in this game held daniel jones to only 24 yards rushing you know we look back at last week when the eagle or not the Eagles. When the Giants, they, you know, they went to Minnesota and took on the Vikings. Daniel Jones was running all around the field, you know, being able to pick up the first down when it's third and long and all this and that. The Eagles were having none of that at all. I mean, they actually were able to get to him five times in this game, sacked him five times. Uh, Daniel Jones, his stat line in this game was 15 to 27 for 135 passing yards with one interception. It was it was a rough. I mean, this was. This was probably one of the worst offensive showings we've seen from the Giants the entire season. You could probably say it was the worst. Wide receivers could not catch a ball to save their life. The the, the, the Giants' leading receiver was Richie James, who, in case you haven't really watched much of the Giants this year, dude has butterfingers for hands. Uh, 51 receiving yards on the day, and the only person that came close to that was Saquon with 21 receiving yards. So it was a rough day For the New York Giants. In terms of any type of offensive production. Saquon only had 61 yards rushing. Didn't even have the lone touchdown in this game. The lone touchdown actually came from Matt Breida. A guy that a lot of people have forgotten about. Ever since he left the 49ers. But yeah this was. If you were a Giants fan. You probably quit watching this game. The same time that I did. And for different reasons right. Obviously your team's getting crushed. Me. I just got kind of bored. Because of how dominant this Philadelphia offense was. Jalen Hurts. 16-24, to 154 yards passing with two passing touchdowns on the day and didn't even throw a pick. I mean, this guy legitimately, I don't think he'll win MVP because of the type of season Patrick Mahomes had. I mean, when a guy throws for over 5,200 yards in a season and over 40 passing touchdowns, it's kind of hard to beat that because this team also is going to their respective championship game as well. But um, regardless, Jalen Hurts was a is, has been a huge piece of why this Philadelphia Eagles team has had so much success. The run game was absolutely fantastic for the Eagles. Kenneth Gainwell, the former Memphis Tiger, he had 112 rushing yards in this game, a career high. Also was able to get one rushing touchdown. Jalen Hurts, he had one rushing touchdown. And Boston Scott, a guy which he's been with Philadelphia for what feels like forever, back when Carson Wentz was still the starter. and This guy, for some reason, whenever he plays the Giants, he turns into a touchdown machine. I think if I I remember the stat correctly, because I don't have it with me right now, but I was looking through Instagram or Twitter, one of those two, and I read the stat off. Boston Scott, during his NFL career and being with the Eagles, he has, I think, 19 total rushing touchdowns. 11 of those have come against the New York Giants, and he was able to add another one in this game as well. Miles Sanders, he had 90 rushing yards. Uh, Devonte Smith Dallas Goddard they both were able to get a receiving touchdown in this game Devonte Smith was 61 yards receiving and it's funny enough because Philadelphia statistically wise wasn't even really like dominant dominant right I mean they still were able to get into the end zone and capitalize off of you know the um, the Giants mistakes and everything that they made I mean I couldn't even tell you the amount of times this team punted the Giants they punted the ball in this game but regardless at the end of the day, the Eagles they were able to make a lot you know a lot less mistakes the Giants obviously were probably still on a huge high from last week and going into this game you could definitely tell the talent gap between these two teams and the Eagles they just wanted it a lot more definitely being at home there at Lincoln Financial Field played a huge part in this game but regardless the Eagles they were able to pull off a 38 to 7 win Man, I mean it's it's not only does it hurt if it's just okay well my team's in the playoffs but my team's in the playoffs and we got blown out by one of our biggest rivals that oh my lord but anyway the Eagles they beat the Giants 38 to 7 as the Eagles they now are going to be hosting the NFC championship game next Sunday. We'll talk about that in the preview, obviously as you all know, make sure to check it out, come out on Wednesday, but but um anyways y'all so that wraps up Saturday Um, The Chiefs were able to survive against the Jaguars. The Eagles on Saturday night had no trouble whatsoever blowing out their NFC East rival and advancing to the NFC Championship game. So now let's get to Sunday. You know, two of the biggest games of the weekend. You know, to kick it off, we had the Bills and Bengals. And then on Sunday Night Football, the 49ers and Cowboys. But obviously the first game that we did have on Sunday was Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills taking on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals—a game in which we didn't even get to see get played. You know, I think it was the second to last week of the season due to you know Demar Hamlin suffering that very scary injury on Monday Night Football. So now we're getting the rematch. This time though, it was up in New York and and obviously West New York—not a fun place to play, especially during this time of year. But you know, Cincy boys—they're probably used to it a little bit as well because I don't think the weather's any better down there. Uh, yeah, any better down there in Cincinnati? But regardless. Two of the best offenses in the AFC. Two of the best offenses in the NFL. This was going to be an exciting game to watch. And, you know, the way that this game started, it was entirely Cincinnati. They jumped out to a quick 14-0 lead. Joe Burrow, through his first nine passes, was 9 for 9, had over 100 yards passing. I mean, Joe Shiesty, he was living up to that nickname. I mean, he was feeling it. And then also, which is kind of funny to think, It was snowing the entirety of this game, right? And you would think, okay, huge advantage for the Buffalo Bills, right? They practice in it, they play in it normally. You know, this can be, you know, really, this should be Buffalo's game. But it actually was a complete opposite. You know, despite not a horrible performance by Buffalo's defense, especially in the second half, their offense just could never get anything going. Stephon Diggs only had 35 receiving yards. Uh, Heck, Gabe Davis only had 34. Dawson Knox. Only had 65 and led the team in receiving and the run game, which Buffalo has been pretty good so far this year with guys like James Cook, the rookie out of Georgia, Devin Singletary, and then obviously Josh Allen. They were only able to get about 63 rushing yards in this game and only one rushing touchdown by Josh Allen, which was the only touchdown the Bills had in this entire game. And then, uncharacteristically, we saw Josh Allen struggle a lot in this game. 25 of 42 for 265 yards passing. Didn't get a passing touchdown, but threw one interception, which would effectively end the game as he threw that directly to Cam Taylor Britt. So, you know, if you're the Buffalo Bills, you're kind of scratching your head like, You know, what happened in this game? Like, I didn't expect it. There's a reason why I picked the Bills to win this game because I, you know, was confident in Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox. I mean, they're made for games like these. We saw what they did last year, you know, on the road at Arrowhead against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So, I assumed, okay, they should be able to win this game, right? At home, you know, DeMar Hamlin, his first game actually back in the stadium. You know, they're going to be pumped up and everything like that, but... It might have been the Cincinnati Bengals wearing, you know, their white jerseys and white pants, which blended right into the snow that might have threw off the Buffalo Bills just a little bit in this game. But, you know, talk a little bit about Cincinnati and what they were able to do offensively. 23-36, of 242 yards passing and two passing touchdowns for Joe Burrow. I mean, he was feeling it, and you'll never guess. He should have technically had three. He technically should have had three passing touchdowns. There was a horrible call against Jamar Chase. You call it how you want, but in my opinion, that was a touchdown. But Jamar Chase, he had himself a pretty good game. Five receptions for sixty-one yards receiving and one touchdown. And a very underrated tight end in the league who was a first-round pick by the Ravens. Things didn't work out obviously because Mark Andrews stepped up for that team. So you know he goes to um, Atlanta for a season, then gets gets signed to Cincinnati on a relatively cheap deal. And has absolutely exploded under the scene this year. And I'm talking about Hayden Hurst, one of the most underrated tight ends in the league. Five receptions for 59 yards receiving and a touchdown. And, I mean, this this Bengals team, they look like they could easily repeat another Super Bowl appearance. Now they're going to be on the road next week in a very, sim- very similar um, situation in which they were in last year as well. Going on the road at Arrowhead and taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But, um, you know, back to talking a little bit about this game. Uh, Cincinnati, their leading rusher, no shock whatsoever. Joe Mixon, 20 carries for 105 yards rushing a touchdown. But I think the real MVP in this game and the best unit in this game has got to go to that, that Cincinnati defense because if you're able to hold Josh Allen and that offense to literally no passing touchdowns in this game and only one touchdown, that's a pretty darn good performance. And, I mean, just it just goes to show about how stacked the Cincinnati team is. And, I mean, unfortunately – Buffalo has all the talent in the world. You know they should have been able to win this game, but Cincinnati—they came out early. They pretty much smacked, smacked the um, Buffalo Bills right in the mouth at home, and they were very deserving of this win, as it would go on to blow out the Bills at Buffalo, 27 to 10. As the Bengals, they're now headed to the, N- the not NFC. They're now headed to the AFC Championship game for the second straight year in a row, as they're going to be also playing. Just so happens to be the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's going to be a fun one next week, and We'll talk about that in the preview. But now, guys, let's head to the final game that we had here in the NFL Divisional Round weekend games. And it just so happens to be one of the best rivalries in all of the NFL. On Sunday night, we had the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, before we do start talking a little bit about the game and everything like that, I first want to acknowledge this. And Cowboy fans, you can rip my head off. NFL fans, you can rip my head off. All that you want. But after watching this game, I think it's about time. If you know, you're know you the Cowboys' front office, you officially have your decision on should we keep Dak Prescott or not. And that answer needs to be no. Why, you might ask? Well, go watch the highlights of this game and look at what Dak did. Decision-making he had in this game was horrible two really bad interceptions which you know you can't really blame it on tips yes was one of them was a tip that ended up in the hands of fred warner but still you don't throw it in double coverage where it even has a possibility of getting intercepted and then the one before that was just an awful pass so Dak prescott really in this game and and this might sound crazy but i think he personally single-handedly lost this game tonight for the dallas cowboys now Yes, I know it is a team effort, it's a team sport and everything like that, but with the way that Dak Prescott played tonight, the way that he carried himself, he just looked like he quit, like he didn't want to play. I mean, he went 23-37 of for 206 yards passing with one touchdown and two interceptions, which were both huge, huge interceptions in this game. And even for the 49ers also, their offense was not that that much better either. Brock Purdy didn't even have a passing touchdown in this game. So it's not like both teams' offenses were doing anything crazy or anything like that. Obviously, the 49ers, they have the number one ranked defense in all of the NFL. The Cowboys have one of the best defenses in the NFL. So it was going to be a little bit of a defensive duel. But man, the Cowboys just could not get anything going. I mean... They would be lucky to, you know, if they got the ball, say inside the twenty, they'd be lucky to get to the fifty-yard line before they would have to end up punting the ball. And funny enough, one of their top scorers in this game was Brett Maher, a guy who actually missed his only extra point attempt in this game. You know, he's one in six, one for six now, in um, in the two playoff games this postseason. But he did make two field goals in this game, and just simply look like the only resolution that the Cowboys had in terms of any type of offensive point. Um, running the ball wise was comp- was non you know non-existent whatsoever, which not too much of a shock. The 49ers have a great run defense with guys like Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kenlaw, Fred Warner, you know Drake Greenlaw. The list goes on and on and on and on. Ezekiel Elliott only had 26 yards rushing. Tony Pollard only had 22 yards, but he would end up leaving this game with I think an ankle injury or high ankle sp- or high ankle injury. Definitely didn't look good. I mean. I don't think it really matters too much. Now he's going to be out for the year regardless. But really, I think when that happened, you could tell that the offense just got completely... I don't even know the correct word. Just they, they didn't look the same after that point. Because when you lose a guy like Tony Pollard, who is so crucial to what the Cowboys do on offense, that really is going to deflate any type of offensive production that you do have. But... You know, one of the few positives that the Cowboys did have on offense was definitely CeeDee Lamb. He had 10 receptions for 117 yards receiving, but outside of him, not a lot went on. Dalton Schultz had 27 receiving yards and a lone touchdown in this game for the Cowboys. But, I mean, honestly, the Cowboys' defense deserves a ton of credit for what they were able to do in this game because the fact that they were able to hold the 49ers to under 20 points in this game, especially at home at Levi Stadium, Really has been unheard of, especially since Brock Purdy took over. So, you know, big shout-out to Micah Parsons and that Cowboys defense for what they were able to do against the 49ers. They just simply were not ever able to really get off the field. And then on the flip side for the 49ers, their defense, same as a Cowboys defense, was pretty much unstoppable in this game. Now, the offense... Was a little bit better in terms of production. Brock Purdy, 19 of 29 for 214 yards passing, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, but still had a pretty effective game. He was connecting with George Kittle pretty darn well, who's kind of emerged as as his favorite target so far. George Kittle had 95 receiving yards on the day. Debo Samuel, he had 45. The run game nothing crazy like we've kind of gotten used to seeing with Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey but Christian McCaffrey would get into the end zone as or he'd get one rushing touchdown Elijah Mitchell he would have 51 rushing yards of his own but man it came down to the final drive and well the Cowboys that you could tell that they knew the game was over and it it was just it was a really bad ending for the Cowboys it was it was it was very and I mean very bad ending for the Cowboys as the forty ers they are now headed to Philadelphia to take on Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles as they go on to beat their arch rival, the Dallas Cowboys, nineteen to twelve. I mean for the Cowboys, this is gonna be an interesting because you got guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott who are potential guys you want to move. They'll probably end up being cap casualties because all the you know dead money and all that you're gonna hit, but regardless. Do y'all think it's time they move on from him? I mean, I, me personally, I've, I mean, I've liked Dak and I've liked Zeke, but I think the amount of money that they're paying him, you definitely deserve a lot more production. And all the stat people out there, they're going to be like, well, Dak didn't have a bad season, yada, yada, yada. But look what he did in the crucial moments. Look what he did when, you know, you needed that one drive for him to get the team back into that game. He ends up either throwing an interception or just simply a bunch of bad passes. So that's that's all I'm gonna say about that game. But yeah, that wraps up our entire divisional round weekend matchups. Let me know what y'all's favorite game was to watch. Mine definitely had to be the um the Cincinnati Bengals taking down Buffalo in Buffalo. I was kind of shocked by that outcome a little bit. Even with the snow coming down, it didn't phase Joe Burrow. Get it? Cause snow, cold. Okay, I'm just gonna quit. But but anyway, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's NFL divisional round episode. I hope y'all like the fact that we are um we're posting this on Sunday, a little bit different, so you're not getting multiple episodes on the same day. Cause well, the Cowboys game finished a little bit early, so I figured well, might as well post it. So anyways, y'all, thank y'all so much for all your support. Make sure y'all tune in to our interview we've got going on tomorrow on Monday, and then also our preview episode of the championship games for the AFC and NFC. We'll have that that going down on Wednesday at 12 p.m. Central Time. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and I will catch you all back here tomorrow. Peace, y'all.